Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Stock Market Today. It's Allie Corman, Justin Nielsen here with a look at the action in today's session, Monday, July 24th. And we saw modest gains across the board ahead of what could be some big fireworks this week, Justin. We've got the Fed, we've got a bunch of big earnings reports, but at the very least, uh, more volatility, I think, uh, perhaps could be expected as the week unfolds. What say you? Absolutely. Well, the big news is that you and I are both in the office sitting right across from each other, something that hasn't happened in probably a couple years. Uh, I guess exactly. High fives. Um, but yeah, a bunch of earnings coming up. I mean, you've got the the big magnificent seven members like Microsoft, Google, Apple and Meta. Uh, you've also got some of those industrials like GE. Boeing, you know, all of those. Um, but today we're going to talk about DraftKings, Halliburton, and O'Reilly. Let's do it. First, let's analyze the major indexes. The NASDAQ up two-tenths of a percent today. The Russell up three-tenths. S&P 500 up four-tenths. And the Dow up five-tenths. Look at that. One, two, three, four, five right there uh, with the indexes today. But what do you make of where the NASDAQ is? It looks like we're right around uh, round number and mm -hmm. holding up nicely, even though perhaps a little bit of increased distribution, Justin? Yeah. So, I mean, last week it was one of those things that you have to be a little bit careful when you start seeing distribution clusters. And what I mean by that is we had a distribution day, technically a stalling day, what we call a stalling day on Wednesday, then a pretty significant distribution day on Thursday, followed by another distribution day, although not quite as bad on Friday. So all of those days, increasing volume with, you know, stalling action to start and then followed by distribution uh, with, with some selling. But what I will say is there still seems to be a little bit of a hesitancy for the NASDAQ to give up gains. So after that big distribution day on, on Thursday, it really kind of didn't make much more selling pressure. And I like that we're staying right above that 14,000 round number that you mentioned, mm -hmm. Allie. Exactly. So just as you've said, Justin, in the past, not all stalling is created equal. Not right. all distribution days are created equal. So not True. all clustering is created equal if the exactly. if the logic goes there so yeah. uh in terms of this uh, current clustering versus other clustering that you see maybe at market tops where does this rank in terms of how concerned should we really be uh some somewhat concerned you know some sort of caution but is this really like the red flags of you know the beginning of the end kind of thing here well i always think of clustering as you know like the same thing when a deer is out in the forest and hears like a twig snap, it's got to immediately kind of like take a second and say, Hey, is that something serious or is that just like the wind? Um, so I, I, that, that's where I am right now. Uh, what I'm waiting for to see does do things get worse, you know, and look, I did a little bit of selling last week, you know, whether that was some profit taking and, you know, some, some stocks that, Hey, they just weren't working. So I'm going to trim those. Um, but it doesn't mean that I have to sell everything. And it certainly doesn't mean I have to make a significant, uh, amount of changes to my portfolio. Uh, but it is something that I start thinking a little bit harder about where am I going to want to get out? Where am I going to want to take profits? Right. What, you know, what happens if this gets worse? What am I going to do? So really just making sure I have that plan solid in yeah. my mind to execute. Yeah, exactly. And uh, making those decisions as the evidence presents itself really like that. Let's take a look at the S&P 500 now, Justin. I mean, this looks just a quiet, calm uptrend. Right. 
yeah um you know nothing nothing much to see here it's just uh holding above you know we talked about that 4500 level on the s p 500 and if you look at the weekly chart remember this 4500 level is something that kind of goes a ways back in terms of being uh, an area of importance so uh the fact that we're you know, staying above this 4,500 level, I'd like to see us make a little bit more progress. But if we pause a little bit here, I'm okay with that too. Uh, it's building that platform that I like to see from which you can launch from. And so if it if it does that, hey, that's, that's a win as well. Great. Let's take a look at the Dow. Are we going to see a repeat of last October with the, the <laughs> right. Dow now being the leading index? I mean, look at this winning streak here. Yeah, and you see that relative strength line kind of coming back to life. It's got a ways to go to get back to previous highs, but it's certainly worth noting the strength in the down. Now, keep in mind, look, 30 stocks here, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, sometimes you can have a few stocks that really just make the whole thing look much better than, you know, it, it otherwise would. In the same way that the Magnificent Seven has been all the talk about the NASDAQ composite and the NASDAQ 100. So, you know, today, Look, you had Chevron and JP Morgan uh, helping with, uh, with, with the Dow. Mm -hmm. And each day, it seems like there's something else that's kind of been helping the Dow uh, power, power higher. So uh, it's, it's good to see it participating. Um, when it wasn't doing much, right. at least in my mind, what was good is it also wasn't doing anything bad. It was right. just kind of holding there. So uh, as, as long, you know, now that we're actually getting a little bit more strength here, um, I think that just speaks to the more broadening of this um, of this rally, and that's a good thing. Exactly, and I mean, there's a reason why we look at all these different indexes every day because look at how quickly things can change. Oh well, you know, the Dow's a laggard, the Dow's a laggard, and then you know, last couple of weeks really turning it up. Let's now take a look at the Russell 2000 small caps also participating more and more in recent weeks. Yeah, and so I think uh, we're approaching that 2000 level that is going to be an area of interest. Again, if you go to the weekly chart there, uh, you can kind of see how uh, going back a ways that 2000 level has been an area of importance. So that's kind of uh, what I'm looking at right now yeah. as, as, as the next hurdle. You know, can it get above that? Uh, that's going to give some extra confirmation. And look, um, you know, we talked about this on IBD Live this morning. A lot of the financials were doing much better uh, you know, last week. And so you had a lot of the regional banks participating. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of regional banks in the Russell 2000. Um, so, you know, KRE coming back to life, uh, Charles Schwab, which was, you know, you know, was a big concern, like what, what's happening here yeah. that really sprang to life. Um, so I think that there's a little bit of the, the banking sector that's coming back. Um, and XLF is maybe another thing that we can look at there. Uh, you know, the financials just, again, showing a lot more strength getting back above that 200 day line whereas you know they really got hammered pretty hard in march so uh at least you know coming back to a, a, a degree exactly yeah and even if these aren't the leaders leading stocks in the leading groups like you said it speaks to the breadth is great we you know we want these groups participating mm -hmm. and uh that they are right now let's now take a look at another signal of market breadth and that is the equal weighted nasdaq 100 etf qqew but before that i'm going to look at qqq the nasdaq 100 it could be a big week for the nasdaq 100 justin with all of those big tech earnings yeah. that you mentioned uh so what are your thoughts on what 
we're seeing here with QQQ versus QQEW, both in strong uptrends. Yeah, so um, the advancers on the de and the decliners were about evenly matched, about you know 2,100 uh, advancers versus 2,300 decliners. Uh, so it's no big surprise that QQEW, the equal weighted, um, was a little bit harder hit. Um, but again, you're, you're not seeing big movements here, you know, and it's not a big disconnect like what we were seeing before. Right. Uh, same thing with RSP and SP500. Uh, uh, not a big disconnect there. It was it was lower on the RSP, mm. but not not significantly so. So again, as long as we don't see the big divergence here that we were seeing earlier this year, um, mm -hmm. I, I'm okay with there being small divergences. You you can't expect things to go in lockstep all the right. time. Um, but, you know, ha having very little variance is not something that's going to bother me that much. Mm -hmm. And let's take a look at the 10-year Treasury yields are reversing higher uh, by a little bit here today, closing around 3.857 or so. And we're going to have uh, the Fed later this right. week. What potential impact do you think that could have, Justin? Is well, it, or is it, it baked in? I mean, I would think that it's baked in. I mean, this has been expected for months, you know, by the, by the futures market. So I think a quarter, you know, rate hike is is not something that should be a surprise to anyone. But as always, it's not really what happens. It's about some of the language that's surrounding yes. it. What happens at the press conference? How does Jerome Powell answer those questions? And look, there's going to be a while before we have another Fed meeting uh, until September. But Jackson Hole is going to be in August. So, uh, you know, we, we, we are going to be getting kind of a firmer and firmer picture of what the end of this year looks like because for a while there remember it wasn't too long ago that there was the expectation for cuts uh, yeah. at the end of this year and that kind of went away and has been a little bit back and forth so I think getting more clarity as we get closer to the end of the year here is going to be important for a lot of investors um, but that being said uh, I think it's worth you know noting that the 10-year treasury yield did come down to the 50-day moving average line and is bouncing from that so uh, it'll be interesting to see look we got a Above that four percent got quickly mm -hmm. turned away on the yield and uh, you know back down. It'll be interesting to see how this pans out over the next uh, few days, especially after that Fed meeting. Yes, that it will. Okay, I'm just going to run through some ETFs here real quick, Justin. Then we'll get to those three stocks. So here's a look at SMH chips, of course, still very much a sector of focus for us. Up, up a little bit today, just a little squeak higher, but uh, hanging right around that 21-day moving average. That's what I like to see. <laughs> and that's what we like to see. And here's a look at IGV, which tracks the software sector. It's right around its 10-day line, so not even down to the 21-day. Yeah, exactly. Again, this is what's really leading a lot of the tech and the fact that these are still looking strong, not looking broken, I think is, you know, when you've got your leading sectors still holding up well, that's a positive sign. Yes, it is. Uh, what about industrials here up about a quarter of a percent continuing a very steady uptrend? Yeah. So uh, what I just wanted to kind of focus on here is it's, you know, you're again, getting that breadth outside of tech. So XLI looks pretty good. I mean, it had this breakout, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago and it's continuing higher. You also have XLF, which is coming back to life. Um, so, so that's good to see. Um, you know, it still has a ways to go to get to prior highs, but 
it's looking much better. And XLE, you know, that's also coming back. And in fact, XLE was one of the things that was making the Dow look a little bit positive today, and the S&P 500 um, outperformed the the Nasdaq today, um, as you had, you know, Chevron, which helped that a lot. And by the way, it's also worth mentioning that both Chevron and Exxon Mobil have earnings this week, so those are among those that you have to watch. Also, uh, on the financials, you now like the like the industrials, that's been moving higher. We got Visa and Mastercard coming out um, with earnings this week, so a lot of things to be watching, um, you know, go, going forward. Yes, and IBD has you covered every step of the way to help you filter through that noise and focus on what matters to you as an individual investor. Uh, you know, with our growth focus, active investing, looking at outperforming the market, actively trading. I think it probably says that, but. There's a lot to focus on, and we are going to be covering it every step of the way. Let's take a look at DKNG, Justin. This is DraftKings working on a third potential week of tight action here after a nice move up uh, almost 15% a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. So again, I love this look where you get a strong move on the weekly chart and it just holds those gains. It says, hey, look, I'm comfortable with this higher valuation. I'm okay with it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a positive. And as you mentioned, we're kind of right there at that three weeks tight. So if we can hold tight here for the rest of this week, guess what's coming up? Earnings next week. So we've got earnings coming up on, let's see, August 3rd after the close. So um, yeah, this is this is a stock I do own, by the way, uh, in, in, in my own personal account. Um, but I would also suggest that folks take a look at the stock of the day that was written by Harrison Miller today, because it kind of gives you an idea of, hey, what's what's going on on the fundamental side for this? A lot of people might say, why, why would you be owning something like this? This has no earnings, um, but this is kind of an industry play. You know, uh, there's a lot of strength in the leisure game equipment, uh, the casinos, what have you. Um, so, you know, sports betting is becoming more legal, uh, le legalized in more yeah. states, and that is helping drive some, some of the growth story here. So uh, definitely right. worth a read, Harrison's article. Yeah, and strong top line growth. It's moving towards profitability there. And Justin, one more note on this weekly chart here. What if we don't get a third week of tight action? What if it clears these recent highs? Would that look like a potential short stroke entry? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I'd, I'd prefer for it to wait, but wait look, until after those earnings. <laughs> wait until after those earnings. Um, you know, cause I, 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 I could, I could see myself adding to this position, um, you know, on, on the earnings because, and again, what I would do is I would add a smaller amount, right. Cause I don't want to drive my average cost up too much. I've got that, you know, nice gain from a few weeks ago that I want to, you know, hold the bulk of, um, but yeah, adding, adding a few shares, you know, maybe even 10% of what you, what you have, isn't going to move the needle too much on your average cost. So that's what I'd like to see. But again, yeah. you got to kind of go with what the stocks do, not what you hope they do. Mm -hmm. Well, that tight action after that strong move, very, very notable. Uh, and with that kind of volume profile too, let's take a look at Halliburton oil and gas field services. Uh, we looked at XLE. So energy is starting to come back to life here, including HAL up 3.6% today. Mm -hmm. And last week you and I went over SLB, but yeah, Halliburton is kind of in that same area. And if you go to the weekly chart on this one, you can kind of see that you've got this, you know, nice big cup with handle, you know, a depth of 40%, a handle of 36%. So a little bit looser than we, yeah. what we'd like to normally see. Um, but we are kind of tightening up here. And 
you know, I could kind of see doing an early entry, uh, you know, right here at around 38 and a half or so. Um, and think of what that, that could do for you. If it doesn't work, you're going to know pretty soon, uh, you know, if like it crosses below the 21 day moving average line. So you're not risking that much. But if it does work, by the time it gets up to that 43, 42 entry, the traditional entry, you're going to have a 10% cushion on this. So right. that can really help, you know, if it kind of wiggles around in that area uh, to have that cushion ahead of time. Uh, another thing, this has earnings behind it already, so you don't have to worry right. about that coming up. Uh, so, and it's in an area that is, you know, looks like it's moving. I mean, if you look at OIH, which this is kind of a member of, along with SLB, um, the OIH ETF, you know, that's 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 up there. So you might say Halliburton's lagging a little bit because it's not at those highs, but it still is offering a potential entry um, and something that that could potentially catch up. Great. And last but not least, let's take a look at OR. L-Y. This is O'Reilly Automotive. Some nice tight action here too, right around a resistance level. Yeah. So earnings coming up on this one uh, on July 26th after the close. So that's Wednesday. So you're going to have the Fed and then, uh, you know, O'Reilly also kind of around the same time. Um, but yeah, a nice, nice little area here at 964.58, uh, you know, right around that previous high it's allowed the moving average lines to catch up with it. It's right there at its 21 day moving average line, but go to the weekly chart. And, you know, one of the things you look at here is it's just had this nice steady move. And more importantly, that EPS growth rate, pretty robust at 23%. This is an annual growth rate. So, I mean, imagine if you were growing your salary 23% each year, that, that can add up to quite a bit, especially over a three-year or five-year time oh, frame, yeah. which this is doing. And on top of that, it's got an earning stability of five. Now, this is a number from one to 99. The lower the number, the more stable those earnings is. And O'Reilly has a habit of putting in stable earnings. So then if you take one more step back to that monthly chart, you can see that this has like this long, you know, this long period of growth that it's had. And this stability, the stable earnings really helps that. And that's why this has been on our long-term leaders before. It did come off because, look, it's not enough to have stable earnings growth and, and, and strong, robust growth. You also have to have the price, the stock price performing as well. And there was a while there where the stock price just wasn't performing relative to the market, but it looks like we're kind of back into that outperformance versus the market. And so O'Reilly is something that we're going to be looking at for adding back to our long-term leaders. Uh, we generally like to buy those on pullbacks. So this is probably something that'll go on the watch list first. Mm -hmm. Yes, we like it close to that 50-day line. All right, we'll have to see what the earnings report is like very soon. We will get those numbers. Thanks so much, Justin. And thanks everyone for tuning in. We will be back with more tomorrow morning on IBD Live. And we hope you join us, investors.com slash IBD Live for all the details. We'll see you there. And we'll also see you right back here tomorrow at the close. This show is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Any securities and investment strategies discussed may not be suitable for all investors. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making investment decisions.